Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. I'm here. Hello, world. Excellent. Right, well, hello Facebook Live, hello podcast listeners, and if you're listening on the podcast, this means nothing to you. If you're listening live via Facebook Live, welcome to Late Night with Egg Chasers. <laughs> That's cool, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah, Egg Chasers nights. Yeah, I, I actually think a, a late, a daily, a daily late night show about rugby would go down a treat. Are you listening, BT Sport Channel Five, ITV, or whatever? Get us <laughs> Dave. Off. Men and motors, <laughs> pick yeah. us up. Some, just some sexy. You need to sort some sexy sax music out, JB. <laughs> have you ever tried to record a sporting event on? You know, remember when? Do you remember when you have you have VHS and also um, adult channels used to be after UK TV Living, and you might have started recording a sporting event, and your little brother had turned it over onto. Uh, uh, the, the the adult channel. Oh, what? I've I've no idea what you're talking about. The ten ten minute free views you get at midnight. No idea what you're talking about. No idea at all. <laughs> right, boys, hands in. Pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Hello and welcome to the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast uh, with me, JB. In studio with Phil. Hello, Philip. Hello, Jonathan. And across, uh, well, where is he? Across in London, the man who's equally as entitled to play for England as Willie Hines, it's Tim. Good evening. How are you, mate? Hello, very well, thank you. Right, well, we've got all sorts on today. We've got a full weekend of of, of international games. We've got tomorrow's game, or is it, yeah, tomorrow's game when this comes out, which is Blues-Lions. We've got some news about a current Lion. And much, much more besides. Before we get into any of that, though, I believe you've got a review for us, Tim. Yeah, thank you. You can find us on Acast. You can also find us on the Apple Podcast app. And subscribe there and you'll get all of these new episodes because we have got extra episodes coming your way because of the Lions Tour. Uh, I have just completely... Oh, no, I've just... It's just come. I've just come out of that the app. I'm on my phone. You see, I've just come out of the app. Now I've gone back in, and it'll take me about another five minutes to get to the review. Make it up, then, Tim. Oh, come on. Do you want I'll to tell you the... what? While, while I'm doing that, what I will do is say that we have all these extra episodes, 
uh, recently at the moment and throughout the Lions tour because we're that buzzing about the Lions tour. Well, do you know uh, what? Th- can I can I disagree with you? Can I can I do what you should never do in like in, improvisational um, uh, comedy or conversation? I'm going to disagree yeah, you're with your say point. Yes, and. yes, and but I'm going to say no, but because <laughs> yes, and I am in. I am very excited about the Lions, but no, but because what I'm really enjoying is this full weekend of international games. I think sometimes the Lions can distract you from all the other rugby, and that's what I'm really excited about. Do you think your average, even even your average Irish rugby fan, is going to care about Ireland versus the USA this weekend? Yeah, agreed. Wait, no, that was a question. Yeah, and I agree with them. <laughs> you agree with the question? What, they're not going to care? No, no, I thought you said that they, that they are going to care. You... No, I don't think they will. Oh, right, no, no, I was going to say, yes, they do care. Uh, however... It's not necessarily about the Ireland fans that weekend, is it? It's about the American fans. It's about I the Canadian fans and the Georgian fans and the people of Singapore that get to watch a game of rugby in Singapore. Between Italy and Scotland. And then there's South African fans and there's French fans. There are a lot of fans of our beautiful game. Very true. I'll tell you what I am going to do. I am going to read out a tour story. Ooh, far away. Now, we have all these extra podcasts throughout the Lions Tour, and we're being helped to make those by Raging Bull, who do some brilliant leisure wear. Uh, Phil could testify to that crisp white shirt you wore, can't you? Delightful crisp white shirt, yes. Uh, JB can testify to that lovely tweed jacket that you look rather fetching in. Uh, As soon as I put put it on, I thought, all I want to do is kill foxes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know why. I've never wanted to kill a fox before, but as soon as I put it on, they're getting it. So listen, if you have got a pre-season tour coming up with your club and you want to get yourself some clobber and look sharp, polo shirts, whatever, go to Raging Bull. You can get a 15% discount. The pinned tweet is there on our Twitter page, at Rugby Podcast. Uh, Egg15 is the code you need to use at ragingbull.co.uk. So I'm asking for some tour stories because we've got some stash to, to give away as a prize. And Kieran Moyer, or Mauer, sorry if I'm saying your name wrong, Kieran, has got this story. He says... My first trip, having recently joined the Royal Navy aged 18, was a seven-day, two-match rugby tour, quote-unquote, to Amsterdam. Nice. The Netherlands aren't known for their rugby standards, and some miscommunication in the first fixture led to us playing the Dutch national women's team in a full-contact <laughs> match. <laughs> really? They, they, went, they went ahead with it? Wow. They went, they went ahead with it, and the Royal, this Royal Navy side beat the national Dutch women's team 78-0. That's not as high as I'd have thought. <laughs> the second game was... Fair play was... to the girls. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we'll play. Okay. The wow. second game was against an Amsterdam... They were just hoping for a digit or two, I reckon. Um, sorry to bring it <laughs> oh, up. Oh, come um... on. <laughs> really? New lows on the podcast. <laughs> Go on. I meant like... like... Yeah, like a phone number. You meant the phone yeah, number. Exactly. That's, well, that is actually what I meant. Yeah, anyway. several digits then. Okay. <laughs> nine, nine to be specific. <laughs> Our second game was against an Amsterdam side with 13 of the starting Netherlands, 15 men's side <laughs> wow. um, in it. Wow. After an, after an incredibly close four 80 minutes, our winger intercepted a pass in the last minute, broke away to score. The only issue is he wasn't a rugby player. He was a footballer no. who had been brought in to make up the numbers. He had serious gas, uh, and, it, and the game would have been ours had he not done an NFL-style oh, spike of the ball over the no. line. <laughs> I've seen that. I've actually seen that before. I've seen that, and I've seen the guy who grounds the ball on the five-meter line. <laughs> 
Oh, I've seen that a few times, oh. grounding the ball on the five meter line. Or the guy that runs over the dead ball line. Very rarely do you see that. Usually on pitches that are all, like school pitches where there's no barriers at the back. Yeah. 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 His uh, this this fella's fine in the team on the drinking session that night was was he had he had to uh, he well he spent some time with a lady of the team's choosing in Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> this could only happen on a forces talk, could not it? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they, yeah. Anyway, they, they picked. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know what descriptive word to use that's politically correct. Don't use. Don't, don't use any. Don't, don't yeah. use any. <laughs> don't need to. Anyway, just, just carry on. Uh, that was from Kieran Moyer, Marine Superintendent in Perth, Western Australia. Oh, is he an Australian Marine? Yeah. Wow. Oh, in- impressive. F- fair well, play. I actually met some Marines this weekend. There you go. Did you? Yeah, I played a a memorial game. For a guy who was in the Marines who sadly who sadly died, and his mates came up to play, and one of the guys there, um, uh, his name was Cookie, big old big old boy. And now I'm I'm not sure if I misheard this or he said he I'm not sure if he said he did play or he didn't play, but he's been around like the Navy setup, and he was involved in that. Do you remember that French fight? Oh yes, the... yes. No, he no he definitely was because he was saying that they had the the Marine boxing champion on the. Um, like on the bench, desperate to you know, <laughs> run on. So was that was that the British Navy versus the French Navy? Yes, yes, it is. Wow. So uh, yeah, that that's who I played against this weekend. <laughs> nice. Hmm. Any action? Any tasty action? Uh, no, they turned up late because someone decided to throw himself off a bridge on the A55. So um, <laughs> so they came, so they came late, but uh, I'm pretty sure if they'd arrived a little earlier, the result might have been a, a little different to the, the result that they got. Let, let me give out an email address so if anyone else wants to and I've, there's a bunch of these already but I want well, we want some tour stories and in exchange for tour stories we could sort you out with wonderful touring clobber so egg cha- uh, contact eggchasers at gmail.com our web our new website is about to go live but the email uh, is not operational so contact eggchasers at gmail.com hmm yes do that do that Right. Um, Where do you want to start fi- then? Shall we start with the obvious place? Yeah, the Lions. Yeah, tomorrow's game. So f- I'm interested in just very briefly, Phil. After your weekend, taking your levels of neutrality to yeah, even greater depths, going to Switzerland. Um, w- what was your brief takeaways from the Lions' first game? So I watched this in a sports bar in Switzerland. I was the only person in the in the bar at half nine. And I still had to negotiate with the bar staff to turn over tennis and or women's handball. Well, it is French Open to... at the moment, isn't it? It is French so, Open. but No excuse. The women's handball. Hang on. With, not... No, with not a single other person in the bar as well. Wow. <laughs> um, but I managed to get it on. Uh, I had the whole bar to myself and a very, very big screen. Uh, my very brief takeaway would be so there are some mitigating factors for the Lions. Mm. First game mm. together, just only a few days got off um, a long flight. But those don't really excuse the fact that they didn't play rugby in the right parts of the field. No, they didn't. Uh, and particularly the fact that they had a very experienced and very good kicking halfback pairing. They still didn't play the r- rugby in the right parts of the field. It was only really when Owen Farrell came on that they started to do that. Um, I think there's a few positives, probably the ones that you boys have already discussed. I thought a few players played very well, but overall it was 
pretty lackluster. You didn't feel the need to panic? I I certainly wouldn't panic because I was already expecting a 3-0 whitewash to New Zealand. Yes. So it just it almost just reaffirmed my expectations. Yeah. Yes, I, I think I'm with you. It's just not fair, is it? I mean, I think that's where... <laughs> I mean, they talk about British arrogance a lot, don't they? Certainly the Australians do. But we should be better. Um, the, it's a tiny, tiny country. And yet the Barbarians team, which they scragged together at a moment's notice, gave the best that we've got a really good run for their money. Yeah. It's just not fair. I mean, yes, we get it. They're the best rugby nation that's ever lived in in the best time in their history with <laughs> the best team ever assembled. <laughs> it's, it's so, so difficult. But it shouldn't be like that. Uh, no, not when you Can consider... I- the population, our population is more than ten times greater <sighs> than what they, they can muster. I'm I'm going to give I'm going to have a big positive from the British and Irish Lions camp right now, and that is that they clearly listen to this podcast because they've changed <laughs> the layout of their team selection. Yeah, quite incredible, quite an <laughs> incredible start for the for the professionals to uh, lay out a team like that. <laughs> so, so the team for the Blues. Then let's get into this. My first, and when I when I look at that team. Um, which is, let me just rattle through it. I just, I see the name McGrath, Owens, Cole, Itoji, Laws. It's a pretty, uh, I'm, I'm quite, I quite like the look of that front five. The sheriff, captain in the side. Yeah, that's a that's a cool little detail, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't know how much to read into this. Things like Elliot Daly starting on the wing rather than at centre. The pain train starting outside centre. Yep. Mm. Not fullback. I suppose they're both... Daily and Payne, the Payne train, are both utility players, but um, Stander at number eight as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, who are the halfbacks? Farrell and Webb? No, it's Bigger and Webb. Bigger Webb. Bigger Webb. Now, there's two guys to watch out for in this game, in my humble opinion. If it goes well, it's going to be Bigger and Haskell. Those are the two lads to watch out for. Interesting. Uh, Because... I mean, I was having a conversation today, actually, with a good friend of mine, and he was discussing how bad Haskell's game was in the Aviva Cup final. Um, Cup, sorry, you know, the Aviva final. Yeah, yeah. And even on his worst day, he is still the second top, second top tackler. He works so bloody hard. I can just see him having one of those games, which means the work rate he puts in is just going to make him key for whoever selects the team. Well, they've got like Itoji, Laws, Haskell, Tipperick. They've got four players there who do a tremendous amount of work. Yeah, I mean, Tipperick can hang out a bit though. Uh, he can do. He, he well, it's, I don't think that, that he hangs out a bit. It's that because he is so athletic, when he gets the opportunity, he more often takes it. Well, there's that comment isn't there from Warren Gatland when he said he's really good in those wide channels, which is like the, <laughs> you know, it's not really a compliment, is it? <laughs> yeah. Backhanded insult. Yeah, I can just uh, see a, a player like Haskell just getting his foot in the door, doing really well and staying there. It's only game number two, but this has a kind of feeling to me about a... And it is a midweek game, but in the early games, you know it's going to change and chop and change a lot. But this definitely has a kind of midweek team feel about it, with the exception of a couple of players, maybe Itoji, McGrath. Henshaw. Yeah, maybe Noel. Tell me who your midweekers are there, Tim. Who do you think? Oh, Owen, Owens, Cole, Laws, Haskell, Tipperick, possibly Stander, uh, mm. Webb, Bigger, Murray, 
Farrell could be, which may well be nine ten or Sexton, obviously. Um, Henshaw pay uh, Henshaw be an interesting one. He needs to step up and play well. Half and half penny. I think mm. most of those guys look like midweekers. So that that is exactly my read as well. Um, and it's very interesting that they play the Crusaders on Saturday morning. Crusaders unbeaten in Super Rugby. Full-strength Crusaders and well. season uh, yeah. after this game. It will be a, a full-strength Crusaders, although they'll, they will be missing their captain, Kieran Reid. Now, when you combine that with the fact that Gatland has said he wants all of his players to start in the first three games, when you look at the players who've not yet started, they virtually all seem like te- test match starters. So the list of players who haven't started yet, Vunipola, Jamie George... Tad Furlong, Ty Furlong, George Cruz, Peter Omani, Sean O'Brien, Connor Murray, Owen Farrell, Jonathan Davis, George North, Liam Williams. Yeah, now with the, Ooh, yeah. a lot of them are because of the finals, I I would say. But there are a, some others. There's a lot of players who played in the final who are starting today as well, like Haskell, like Elliot Daly. Mm. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Like like Stander. Yep. So I, and so that's that's one thing. I think particularly the halfback combination, Conor Murray and Owen Farrell, are the top dogs, and the front row combination. Now it's very very interesting that he has selected block front rows. Yeah. So, yeah. so the starters last time played fifty one minutes. Starters Marla, Best, Sinclair, fifty one minutes. They were changed on mass. All three were replaced at the same time. Now those three that started the last game are all on the bench. Ah. And the three that came on, none of them are playing. So they are rotating in blocks. They are doing front row blocks, which... Very sensible. Well, very sensible, provided no one gets injured, say, a few days before the the test match. Let's just work... Let's just play that one out a second. So if someone does get injured partway before... Say, do you reckon that they have kind of gone, we've got starting block, replacement block, backup block? Do you think it's that detailed? I think they've probably got the guys who they would say right now are the starters, which would be probably Vunapola, Jamie George, Ty Furlong. Yeah. Just judging by what it looks like. Um, I, the the next two I don't think is quite as clear cut, the two below them. I think you've then got six boys who are all fe- competing for the next slot down. Because you might do something like 75% of your reps as a... I'm just completely guessing now. This is probably nothing like what's happening in training. But you might do um, like 75% of your training in your block and then 25% mixing about. So With your others. does go down, actually, you just bump them up. Yeah. You know, it's, it sounds like a very sensible strategy. I really like it. It's interesting. We'll, we'll see just how far it does go. Best job on the Lions is... Uh... It's got to be scrum coach with all those toys. Imagine <laughs> when do you ever get a group of group of scrummagers like that to play yeah, with? That, all, that all, talented, all to yourself. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, Borthwick and the rest of the forwards team must just—they they must have just been. I know, having you just want to sit and look look oh, at what are you doing with that's making him wrestle white. I like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you go in fox catcher. <laughs> yeah, full fox catcher. <laughs> JB's gone full fox catcher again. <laughs> hey, the, the problem the problem we have though, <laughs> humble kiwi uh, tweeted us at Ooh. rugby podcast and said, 
Problem is, let's just hope the Lions team isn't too worn out from attending hackers and faking respect in front of hackers, which is a tweet which I imagine you probably appreciate, JB. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are we on now? Like 86 hours of hackers? I mean, what, about what, a third of the way of the... To- no, no, the hacker's going to go into overdrive for the last week. Absolutely oh, yeah. overdrive. Yeah. There's only... The, adv- the adverts that use hacker, like, just getting, I don't know, mechanics... Doing oh, a I hate it. I hate it. it <laughs> that like, stuff. My image me. of um, my image of New Zealand now is I want to get a spare tire. I go to QuickFit and I'm greeted with a hacker. <laughs> <laughs> so no, enough, enough. Save them for test matches. Look, if they're really this sacred and special, save them for when it matters. Don't save it for the. Don't use them in the airport lounge and then in the street and then you know during bar mitzvahs and funerals and weddings and. Court sentencing and everything else. <laughs> they just use them, just throw them out willy nilly, and then no, 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 but they are very sacred, so we mustn't waste them. Uh, we got a tweet from Lions FM on at, at Rugby Podcast, who, um, who are they? were marking the fact that it is a, you know, it's it's a boyhood dream. CJ Stander, as soon as he knew what rugby was, oh. was dreaming about pulling on that British and Irish Come Lions on, jersey. Stop it now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it will happen. On Wednesday morning against the Blues. Good for him. And, well um, deserved. Lines of lines of line, this. They tweeted us with a suggestion for a song to the tune "Rock DJ" by Robbie Williams, which mm. would go, "I just want to rock CJ because he's keeping that scrum real tight. Oh, Ooh. you ain't gonna stop CJ because he'll he'll be hitting it up all night. I don't know if these songs ideas are gonna catch on." <laughs> not, not if I had to guess, <laughs> not like um, not like my Vinopola song, which never caught on, but it should have. Uh, that should have uh, done. Yeah, is he? It's easy. It's accessible. If only Billy, 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 Billy Vinopola, Maka 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 Vinopola. That's yes. the one. Brilliant. Hey, Vinopolas. That's a great song. I don't know if, why. If Billy hadn't have been injured, this would have been the perfect time to bring it back out. Yeah, exactly. And we even suggested doing it to the. Yaya and Colo song as well. Marco, oh, yeah. Marco, 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 Vernipola, Billy. That works as well. It does. If only there, there was more of them. And if only we could get Palatow in there as well. <laughs> Some chorus. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the Blues team because I know nothing about it. It's been announced though. It has Sunny been. Bill, right? Sorry? Sunny oh, Bill? So, sorry, no. I'm getting confused. Who's in it? Yeah. Sunny Bill, Sunny Bill is has been named Ooh. subject to a late fitness test. Yeah, ah, okay. so we get to see him. So he's at 12 with uh, George Moala. Who's very yeah. good. Who, who are very good. It's a, it's a pretty handy team. Considering that the Blues are the weakest of the New Zealand teams, it's a how pr- much, pretty how handy. How much better are they than the amateurs that they played on Saturday? Well, considering that those amateurs don't get into any of the, the proper Super Rugby sides. Oh, okay. Then, yeah, it's a little bit worrying. Mm. Um, so yeah, Sonny Bill Williams and Moala, some of the, the headline names, Rico Yuani and his brother Akira Yuani. Now, Rico Yuani is one of the most talented up-and-coming wingers in New Zealand. He is so highly rated. Okay. He is class. Um, his brother Akira is a handy back row. They've got Lua Tua at, uh, at number are eight. Are they a better pairing than, than the Surveyor boys? N- uh, so, no... Simply because I don't think Akira is yeah. is as good as Ardy. Ardy. Are they on the same sort of uh, trajectory? S- similar. Yes. Wow. Yeah, they are definitely comparable. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lua to uh, um, All Black Augustine Pulu playing nine, 
and they have got an all all black front row including two props who are both more than 130 kg really they could they could have put out a slightly better team than that though uh, there's a few players they could have put out, yeah. but not uh, not that much better, yeah, in all honesty. Tim, let me remind you of what happened to Wales when they played the Chiefs second second string, and they had uh, what's what's the what's your man at ten? White bait fisherman Stephen Donald. Stephen Donald played ten. <laughs> they beat by thirty points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. It is a very handy squad. And do you know, in New Zealand, when they say the starter's out, that's because they've got a kid who's better. <laughs> I mean, look at... And if you don't believe me, look at the Hurricanes. Comrade Smith, bye-bye. Monlonu, bye-bye. Both very good players still. And they've and they've replaced them with... Uh, what's his name? Lua, Lua Mappi and Vince So yeah. who are the two top try scorers in Super Rugby right now. There you go. Uh, I've There was a, a Kiwi uh, chap who is in the production team behind the scenes at BT Sport, Who's Ugh. who wanted me to say it's Lau Mappy, not Lua Mappy. He said us Brits all get always get it wrong. Tell him it's, he's... LA, it's L-A-U, not L-U-A. Not interested. He's got enough to be smug about. He needs to be correcting <laughs> our language. <laughs> Actually, when we get onto it in a bit, there's a, someone else from the BT Sport production team have, have, have come up with today's quiz. Really? What Today's uh, little game, yeah. Oh, that's, that's excellent. Well, why don't we play yeah. the quiz now? Because we can talk about the international straight after. I can, I can, yeah, I can rattle through into it. What I have noticed just before we leave the Lions is there's not been as much. I imagine there to be this frenzy already, but I suppose it's just going to slow build, isn't it? Of the... of just the hype and the media storm and mind games and all of that. Do you know? I actually think that, in a way, the disappointment against the barbarians. Could could be advantageous because if they'd have hammered them, there would have been a lot of hype, yeah. and there'd have been a huge backlash from the media, and there'd be mind games left, right, and centre. But at the moment, it does feel like the Lions are such underdogs; no one's really bothering. Could play, could play in their favour. Who knows? That's interesting. So the game is called Scottish International or <laughs> Estate Agent. <laughs> yes, brilliant. <laughs> and it comes from Sam, who is one of the producers at BT Sport. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, so uh, he came up with this one. So I'm going to I'm going to say to you a name, and you'll have to tell me if it's a Scottish international or an estate agent. <laughs> the first one is Alexander McAllister McKechnie. Alexander McAllister McKechnie. Phil, do you want to have a crack at that one? Uh, I am going to go for international. I was going to go with international too. So yes. International. You're both wrong. It's an estate agent in Paisley. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, ne- next one is Logie Bruce Lockhart. <laughs> is Logie Bruce Lockhart, I forgot about these as well, uh, someone whose duty it is to give you a stamp or someone who wants to get your stamp duty? Ooh. Or even though it's the government that gets stamp duty, but let's <laughs> yeah. not split hairs. Yeah, uh, I am going to say Mr. Lockhart is an international. Ooh, I'm going to say estate agent. Logie Bruce Lockhart is a Scottish international. <laughs> Have that. Born in 1921, a British writer and journalist, Scot- Scottish international rugby union player and headmaster of Gresham School. Do you know? Like, when we used to do the 15s, and we don't do 15s now, uh, because 
I hate them so much. <laughs> but when we used to do 15s, like novelty 15s, the one thing I loved before you stopped me doing, before you all stopped me doing it, was looking at players from like 1911. We no, we like that bit. We didn't like you referring to schoolboys who only played up to the age of 15. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> what was the lad again? Max so, Pepper. <laughs> For a food 15. Snakes Pepper is under 13. He played. He played. It's took a lot of Googling that. That that was the only thing about the 15s that I really enjoyed. But but by comparison, Jack Gash in the Porn Star 15. Yeah, well, that's okay. He's a lower league player from Sedge. He he played. Yeah, I played against him. He played at Roslyn Park and Barking. But but, but that's okay. That's fine. What? Because he's a consensual adult? Exactly. Okay, let, uh, let's have the next one, please. Yeah, Logie Bruce Hot- Lockhart served in World War Two, then became chairman of the Headmasters Conference Eastern Division in the 70s and broke new ground by inviting the heads of Girls' Schools Association to the HMC meetings. Lad. Um, <laughs> cool. Right, next one is <clears throat> Anderson Shaw Gilbert. Oh, that is 100% an estate agent. Anderson Shaw Gilbert, three estate agents from other estate agents yeah. who've come together in a partnership. Has to be an estate agent. And they're the sort, of, the sort of estate agent that serves you an espresso when you go in. <laughs> yeah, you're both correct. Yes. In Inverness. Okay, next one. Eight, eight Kinnan. Sorry? Eight Kinnan. I don't know what that is. <laughs> eight eight Kinnan. Nen. I'll tell you, it's a Scottish international rugby player. Uh, in that case, I'm going to go with a state agent. JB streaking to a 3 1 lead. Yes. Oh, it's in Edinburgh. A someone, state agent in Edinburgh. Someone knows as a state agent. <laughs> okay. John Lyle Hall McFarlane. <laughs> John Lyle Hall. So uh, let's unpack this. John Lyle Hall McFarlane. Has to be a rugby player. Yeah, must be a rugby player. You're both correct once again. Yes, there I you think go. was this the fella that was. Hold on, I'm just going to check. I think. Oh, I can't find him. He is anyway. He definitely is. Uh, John Lyle. Is he the fella? I want to give him his dues if he was killed in World War One. Here we go. 1874, uh, he died. How he do you know He was a physician this? and an international rugby union player and sportsman. Played in all kinds of sports, represented Scotland in a bunch of sports, including rugby. Right, next one. James Young Milne Henderson. James Young Milne Henderson. Estate agent. A, a commercial property estate agent to me. You're both wrong. Oh. And final one, Leslie Balf. Uh, yeah, so James Young Milne Henderson was killed in World War One, capped in 1911. So no sooner had he uh, broken through and he was taken. Uh, Leslie Balfour Melville. Leslie Balfour Melville. The, the other tricky ones are, it's when the first name can double as a surname. So yeah. the key to this game is if the first name is a first name, it's a player. Apart from... Hmm. But when it can double, like James, James or Leslie, that's when you struggle. So I'm going to say this one's a player. I'm going to say a state agent. JB's rinsed you 4-1. Yes. He knows a lot more about Scottish rugby and the state agents. Well, I listen to Thistle, so that'll be why. Leslie Balfour Melville was a... Right, check this out. He was an international rugby union player, tennis player for Scotland, 
international ice skater for Scotland, international <laughs> curler for Scotland, international long jumper for Scotland, and he was the wicketkeeper in the Scottish national cricket team. That's amazing. Wow. That's a, that is amazing. I, who was the last? Who's the last rugby player you can think of, or most modern rugby player you can think of, who's represented himself adequately at different sports? There was the Liam Botham. Liam Botham's the obvious one, isn't it? But that's oh, like the, there was a Kiwi like winger. Years ago now. There was a Kiwi winger in the nineties. Oh, Jeff there? Wilson. 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 That was cricket. Yeah, but one again, day cricket that, international. He might, and... he might retired fifteen years ago, maybe longer. Yeah, he was yeah. on the other wing from Jonah Lomu. Yeah, he played in the nineties. So Balfour, uh, Leslie Balfour Melville, because it's a nice one to finish with, because he is a bit of a legend. He was the very first inductee into the Scottish Sports Hall of Fame in two thousand and two. The first and last day. Eh? no one's going to top that lot of accolades so thank you Sam and if you have a game like Scottish International or a state agent to contribute uh, then contact eggchasers at gmail.com email it and you could get the props next time eggchasers at gmail is that us is it yeah well the website is launching imminently so the new email will work but it currently doesn't so in the interim contact eggchasers at gmail.com righto perfect cool Yes. Okay. Uh, why do we talk about some other games which which are going on? Okay. What we got, Phil? So, do you want to talk about the games? Well, the the two games just gone, which one of you? One of oh, which you yes. Might... Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. There's two games. We shouldn't take long over them. One of them you're interested in. One of them I'm interested in. Okay. Which one are you interested in? Ulster hosting the Barbarians. Okay. Which on, was then. was quite entertaining. Some some very good. Uh, tries scored from both teams uh, and played in a very nice friendly manner and ruined Pienaar's last game in an Ulster shirt did uh, it bring a tear to your eye? it did a little bit it's very very emotional um, well I don't like being right and you know this I don't like it I don't like <laughs> making things about being about being about me um, but Alex Good. What a player. I mean, if you don't believe he is one of the most talented rugby players, football fo- uh, footballers in all of the United Kingdom, just check out his bit um his bit his bit of skill in this game. Yeah. It's phenomenal. He was very good. His, is... Some of his handling, some of his kicking was oh. super. But he's not in Argentina. He's not he's uh, not, not I, been taken. I just think they've moved on. I think You need you need to have a chat with Eddie. Yeah, I think I do, don't I? Uh I just think it's such a tragedy for English rugby. Because uh, it's hard to disagree with Eddie because he's so damn good at his job. And he must have a clear view of what he wants. And sadly, playing that sort of rugby doesn't really matter. doesn't really factor into it. Mm. But he's such a good player. It's ridiculous how good he is. Like a number of other England players, it does feel like he's been selected because of what he can't do rather than what he can do. Yeah, but I'm not entirely sure what he can't do. He does He does it for Saracens. Well, he's, so he's in the Premiership last season, his tackle completion rate was 39%. Really? Yeah. That's not great. No. How does that compare to other fullbacks, though? Mike Brown was 75, something like that. So fullback is obviously a difficult position yeah. because you tend to only get one-on-ones. We've, we've done this before. Let's, yeah, let's... we have. You're right. I the... th- I've got an hour on, um, on, on Alex Good <laughs> if you really want me to. The, the one other game that I know JB is dying, dying to mention, and have you got your bell ready? Um, oh, that game. Um, no, I haven't got my bell ready, but I do have a synthetic bell, so far away. Uh, was the warm-up game that Wales had against RGC 1404. 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't think you were going to mention this one. I thought we were going to talk about a different game. Um, yeah, RGC played against Wales. And they... I know, can I just say, I never thought doing a, I, I never thought I would be sat doing a rugby podcast with the phrase synthetic bell <laughs> <laughs> being used. I don't have my actual bell to hand, is what well, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it It sounds like a, an advancement in medical science, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well. There's been a. Oh, I, I, I sliced the, the tip off in a in the salami slicer in the meat counter. What goes through? So your, I can what? give you a synthetic bell. I tell you what, post watershed, Tim. It's quite, <laughs> quite something to behold. Have you ever just? Have you ever seen the wrestler, the film? Yes, I have. I hate that scene where he's. Oh yeah, oh, it's oh, a worst scene. I hate it's it. Such a good film, but did you like it? It's miserable. I think the film's brilliant. Yeah. Mm, anyway. Um, yeah, OGC played Wales, which is really cool. So um, I, this this is more symbolic than anything else. Firstly, it means the the WRU really do take North Wales seriously, despite what the rest of Wales thinks that they should do. Um, and also, it does give you the indication that if anything happens to one of the regions down south, they must be lining up North Wales. They simply must be. Too much money has been spent, too much political capital, too much everything. So it's going to be inter- going to be interesting. Uh, speaking to, well, indirectly speaking to some of the lads that played in this, they just said the biggest difference. And RGC are a very good team. I mean, they won the Welsh Cup this year. They said the biggest difference was just the speed of passing, the speed of the speed of the ruck. They said it was it was intense. Mm. But yeah, uh, good. All very nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, what was the other game you wanted to talk about? Top fourteen final. Ah, now I was I was stuck in Geneva Airport, and unfortunately, nowhere was showing the game. Uh, did you see it, Tim? No. Oh, it was such a good game. I mean, it it really was. So uh, Claremont go ahead early doors, part luck, part skill. But anyway, they do. I think they streaked a thirteen point lead, and after that, it was just too long, and it was menacing. Like, I've, the contact area, the ruck in particular, was just, it was ferocious. One of the most brutal games I've, I've ever seen. Those French, the top 14 games, and when those French sides... When they turn it up, it's yeah. just unreal. Yeah. I don't even know who won it. That's the ignorance I've got about this. Re- okay, it was uh, Cla- Claremont. Um, Toulon have got this 20-year-old fly half who played very, very well, but he missed two Are you, are you trolling me saying it's Claremont? No, 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 it is Claremont. Claremont, Claremont yeah, won. second time in six in six attempts. I think twenty three something is it? Twenty two sixteen it was. Yeah, uh, really. I mean, just it was in my mind. It was pretty much all too long after that. And it, after after what the first half an hour or so? Yeah, so the first half an hour was heavily Claremont, but once Toulon got their forward runners going, it just was, it that, was quite something. That was a similar pattern to the Claremont Leinster semi final. Where Claremont were untouchable for thirty minutes, yeah, and then Leinster slowly they weathered the storm and then came back, but couldn't quite well finish it off. They've got Damien Truly playing from Claremont. Yeah, and I've been thinking about the French national team and thinking, you know, these guys. I mean, their results are pretty poor. And I watch Damien Truly, and I think that guy alone must be worth two wins a season. <laughs> he is so good. He's so confrontational. Um, the, the other guys that played very very well. There was a um, there's a second row called I want to say Yuani, who he played for Claremont. He T- was Timani. Timani, thank you. He was an absolute beast for about thirty minutes before he went off. And there was a, uh, a there was a huge bloke in the second row for 
uh, Toulon, whose name I can't remember, <laughs> but he was monstrous. Of course there was. He <laughs> plays for Toulon and he's in the second row. Uh, uh, Samoan boy. Tao Fifinua. Yeah. Oh, huge, huge ball carrier. Someone who wasn't playing for Toulon then and will not be playing for them again, according to this uh, news report today, is Lee Halfpenny. Lee Halfpenny, yeah. And... Moriarty seems to be going in the same direction, if rumours are to be believed. Huh? That's right. R- away from Toulon? Yes, but to the same destination. Huh? Northampton. Ross Moriarty? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. He's not going so away they can from... afford So they can accommodate Carl Ferns? Um, don't know what exactly what the situation is, but rumour has it. Uh that both uh, Harpenny and Moriarty might be heading to Franklin's Gardens. So that's quite interesting. Wow, that is interesting. The mo- yeah, the Moriarty one, that would solve the... The Carl Ferns the problem. Ball, okay, the ball carrier issue we were talking about in the last week's pod. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it would. Uh, not enough, though. I mean, nowhere he, near enough, actually. Well, he's he's not as good as pick No. But just, there are three or four other players on the planet as good as pick yeah, and he's yeah. not really number eight. That's the other thing. Yeah, although he, he, well, I don't, presumably... he wouldn't necessarily be number eight, but he could he could do that work from wherever he's from six. Do you know? I just don't like the feel of it. I don't think it's a good signing for them if that's what if that's what you do. The, the Moriarty signing feels a better signing than Halfpenny. Is Moriarty definitely because Halfpenny will be on big money. He is, but they've got big money, haven't they? Yeah, but do you want to spend the big? Uh, what I'm saying is. Yeah, it, I know it's exactly. not value. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't so, see so, Halfpenny as value. Yeah, let's rewind to last week's podcast when we were suggesting that maybe they're paying England England money to guys like Ben Foden, who is no longer England quality. Would they be paying Wales or a British and Irish Lions and Toulon money to a guy that I think six nine months down the line will we be saying the same thing again? Uh, mm. They're also paying England money to Dylan Hartley for two and a half games a season. Yeah, yeah. so. Halfpenny's a funny one, isn't he? Because actually, I'm kind of with you guys. He isn't, you know, he's not great value for depending. Well, it depends what you want to do. If you if if you muscle everyone up front and win a load of penalties, he's worth his weight in gold. I mean, it's not very much gold, but you know, <laughs> he still is. As for Moriarty, tell me if I'm being really harsh now. Is he not just a a much better version of Tamana Harrison? Uh, he's. Big, strong, abrasive. Abrasive. He works. He's very. He's so abrasive. And that's exactly what they say about Tamara Harrison. He plays all across the back row. Yeah. Um, sim- I, I don't see that as a problem. No, I, I no, don't, I don't see it as a problem. I, I think, actually think no. the two of them together, because neither quite feels like the complete package. Yeah. But together, they could be a, a really good combination. Well, yeah. if one of them's not the complete package. Why is two of them the complete package? Because they do the same do you know, things. It's just as more a, of the same. If the yeah. Piers Francis, if the Piers Francis uh, move at fly half doesn't work out in a kind of way that AJ McGinty didn't quite work out the way they say or wanted it to and hoped it would, then having halfpenny does at least mean that they can get Stephen Myler out and have a really good goal kicker. Yeah, still have a really good because mm. Malinder Malinder can kick sticks. He's very good at kicking sticks, I think. Uh, well. Yeah, his his stats last season weren't great. He was in the sixty percent success wasn't he, rate. Wasn't he doing? Didn't he have one of these raw deals where he did like the long range ones? No, I think he just kicked when Milo was off. Milo would would kick most of the time. Oh, he's, he's not got huge numbers, but he was 
when you look at the Premiership uh, kicking chart from last year, he was down near the bottom. Yeah. So, so I can see if you were playing Moneyball or whatever, you could Myler could go. If you were trading Myler for half penny, uh, I I'm not I'm got such an issue with that. And their back three does need some work. So yeah, interested that one. Do you know um, what? I'm gonna, I'm going to say it now. Uh, Northampton should not should not go in for half penny. It's a waste of money. Promote from your academy. It's a lot of money to be spending. For a guy who I don't think is going to make a huge difference. Uh, yeah, I I would agree with that. You've already got your like you've all in the back three. You've already got your marquee guy, who is George North. The rest of it should all come come from the academy. They've actually got George North. They've got um, one of the PC boys. They 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 just want to be promoting from within, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I reckon for these international games that we talk about um, in these weekends then I think we should have the ability to veto. So if two out of three people just want to skirt over it or have had enough, we just go, I'm calling it, I'm done. Like Britain's Got Talent style. Just hit, <laughs> hit your red button. Because I'm going to be really honest, I, I'm i not as bothered about these international games. Like I, I don't particularly care about you the Ireland-USA game. You make me sick. You, you make, you're doing I, 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 you're I really Roman. care about it from the point of view of the development of the game, but I don't. I'm not going to sit down and watch it. I don't you're think. not? No. Hmm. See, you remind me of the guy who I talked to. Oh, I like rugby too. I don't really follow the domestic game, just the Six Nations. <laughs> no, but we got England. I just turn around and got walk away. Scot- Scotland are playing Fiji. Okay. Or no, who is Scotland playing this weekend? Italy. Um, in Italy. Singapore. All right. All that's, right. That's in Singapore. There's so many. There's so many games. There is. There is. Okay. Um, Harry, just I've looked it up. Harry Mallander's kick success rate this season was sixty-one percent. Mm, it's not great. Mm, no. No, I'd say I'd go. I'd say that's poor. Uh, yes, be better than my kicking percentage, I guess. If that's a consolation, uh, it, it's marginally above, <laughs> marginally above James Hook. But James Hook does get a raw deal yeah. of taking <laughs> taking the long range ones. Well, so, yeah, Laidlaw just slot, you know pings them over from, uh, from in, in, 20, the 20 yards. Exactly. Yeah, uh, right. So let's go with this, and let's go with. Argentina versus England first, shall we? Actually, I want to, I want to, I want to go back on what I just said about about this. I actually care less about Scotland, and Italy, other than the fact it's being played in Singapore. I'm not bothered about the game, but I am quite excited for USA to have Ireland playing. Yeah, there's that's a spirit. That's yeah, that's what. I, so I'm I'm down with that. I'm just I was just looking at the schedule, going, how the hell am I going to watch all this? <laughs> Patiently, patiently, and methodically, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one there. match after another. Let's rattle through it. I just live my life with one, the Lions one match at a time. Uh, yeah, okay. So um, I'm going to say Ireland are going to have a handsome win over USA. Uh, yeah. Now, if this, if the Canada game was anything to go by, Canada run them sort of close-ish for the first half, like respectable. Yeah. Then, then it's going to get out of hand, and that's how I see. see, that, see yeah, happening. that's happened in a couple of Ireland versus Tier Two nations because it. They played Georgia a couple of years ago, and it was I think it was seven all or seven five or something like that. They don't time. have a good record against Georgia. Well, I say but, that. I mean, they only played them a handful of times. But they well in that game they it was very close at half time, and then they scored kind of thirty forty points in the second half to to end up winning comfortably. But it was really hard work for for forty minutes. Yeah, my guess is it doesn't really it's not going to matter too much what team Ireland put out, but it will matter second half when. When the fitness kicks in, yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of team uh, United States have. Will they? Will they have their Saracens lads? Uh, Lamassetti and Wiles. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, it's international window. Everyone should be 
available, providing mm. they've not retired from international. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to make a huge difference, but it would be nice to see their, all their professional players playing Ireland by about tw- 30 points. Yeah, I'd go Ireland by 30 or 40. And I, I, I do hope it's at the Red Bull Arena, somewhere that we all three of us watched. Um, yes. Saracens, London Irish. And I just hope it's a good turnout. I hope they've... they've Pack, oh, out, pack out the stadium. It will be, I hope. On what will be a good day in, in New York, New Jersey. Yeah, no, I, I, do you know what? I, 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 having been someone that's like tried to champion the development of Tier 2, as we all have, then I, I'm completely wrong. I was just looking, I was just daunted by the amount of rugby there is to watch. I'm really excited <laughs> for the USA. The yeah, <laughs> don't use that word. Um, okay, what, what what's next? So I'll quickly run through the fixtures and probably like you said, Tim, there's a load that we don't want to talk about. So Australia hosts Fiji. Australia. Good, for, good great, good for the game. Japan hosts Romania. Interesting about Fiji. Uh, they've just taken some very, some very brilliant staff off the Japanese set, Japanese set, uh, uh, setup, namely their strength and conditioning coach, who did a phenomenal job over the World Cup. Yeah. If, if it if it's the same guy. Interesting. Next. Uh, yeah, Japan hosts Romania. Japan again be quite an interesting game that um, Italy and Scotland play in Singapore which you'd expect Scotland to win that I would do um, Brazil host Portugal in Sao Paulo ooh is that on TV anywhere uh, unlikely I've got to say one of the most enjoyable games I watched this year was uh, Romania versus Germany and although it was a lower standard it was nice, nicely balanced and yeah. Germany won I like there's quite a lot of games that are going out on website pages. So, for example, Scotland Fiji is going to be on the uh, Scottish ah, okay. website, things like that. Uh, so so it's worth checking feeds like that. Well, yeah, World Rugby do a pretty good job with this stuff. Yeah, World Rugby, World Rugby are ex- outstanding at this sort of stuff. They do an excellent job at this sort of stuff. The, the Tier 2 games, I remember watching, uh, it was Russia, Georgia, Two or three years ago on the World Rugby feed yes, in so Georgia, <laughs> 50, 54,000 people there. Incredible. That, that should be someone needs to pick that up, whether it be Sky or someone. Yeah. Uh, the other game. Some people need to go out on a road trip to Tbilisi yeah. for that match. That's what needs to happen. Yes. Well, I was playing with a guy this week um, who is actually the, the the PE teacher at my old school, and he's taking a beach rugby team out to Georgia. <laughs> nice. Yeah, him and his mates. So they were training on Roseland Sea Beach prior to playing this game. <laughs> nice. That'd be great fun. Uh, then the other games: Canada host Georgia. Yep. Ahead of Georgia playing in Georgia, at, um, but Georgia USA next weekend against the USA. That'll be a that'll be a really good game. Yeah, that'll be great. I fun. think uh, the USA are going to get more physically manhandled in that one than they are against <laughs> Ireland. I mean, at least Ireland are only going to run round you. Yeah, more so around you than through you. Yes. Uh, then the, the two biggest games bar in the Lions this week. Uh, so South Africa host France in their test series. Ooh, that's a physical battle. Although aren't uh, South Africa without Dwayne Vermeulen and another player as well? Quite well, a big he, name. he should be available because he's got no more commitments to Toulon unless he's injured. But I, I don't think he's been uh, selected for it. No, and also Warren Whiteley's captain. Yeah. So he'll be number eight anyway. Yeah. So now, and Dialonde is not available either. Yeah. yeah he's, he's injured, isn't he? Now, I'll say this about South African rugby. It was miserable last year. But it does feel like there's a small kind of, like, you know, how would, it, how would you say? There are some green shoots. Like, they are 
Storms become semi-competitive, even against the New Zealand teams. They've had a few scalps at home, I think, noticeably. Was it the Chiefs that went down to Stormers? It was, yeah. Um, and I think uh, the, Lions have, uh, Lion. the Lions might have a scalp. Well, Lions are the top of Super Rugby at the moment. Yeah, so it's it's not nearly as bad as it was last year. And maybe keeping the coach, I mean, I wouldn't have kept him. I'd have got rid of him ASAP. Yeah, but you're not you alone know. in thinking that. <laughs> hey, what has South Africa rugby lacked for a long time? Uh, Stability. I mean, yeah. just, just, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty far out from a World Cup. I thought that was a setup for a punchline then. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, and also the only other guy that could take over that team is going to be Gloucester head coach next year. Yeah. So all in all. So would you take... say that South Africa are going to win this? Particularly given that France, not half their squad, but there's a number of players who will be fresh off that brutal Claremont-Toulon hmm. final. Well, if you take... Logically... If the French don't travel too well, putting them on a plane after a top 14 season, always South Africa, it doesn't strike me as a winning combination. No. But Guy Noves, again, there does seem to be some green shoots from what we've seen recently. Yeah, from. it's definitely got better, hasn't it? It's yeah. definitely got better. But and this, is e- this is either going to be an incredible match or really, really grim. Yeah, damp squib neither team wanting or able to play any rugby and yeah. just trying to grind out a, a win it'd be interesting to see how Guinoves uses uh the exclusive interchange rights that rabar slimani seems, <laughs> seems to have yeah it's it's, it's an unusual feature that isn't it? <laughs> just one player has separate interchange laws uh what what's that with interest <laughs> yeah I hope, this is my hope, I hope that they just go at it ha- like hammer on tongs. It doesn't get really get pa- past the 10. Lots of one-up, <laughs> lots of one-up running, and I, I just want a brutal, bloody battle. I, no, I want, big men. I want the opposite. I just want free-flowing rugby. Both teams trying to run it from absolutely everywhere. Disgusting. No, no, you can run it from absolutely everywhere as long as you hit a, wa- a wall of humanity. <laughs> That's what I like to see. I like... Give, me, give me South Africa. Uh, South Africa. South Africa. Next. Next. Final game of the regular internationals. Argentina, England. I don't know. Is the England. Based on? Um, I, well, we haven't seen the team yet, have we? Surely he's going to put out the best, yeah. best players. You, it, it will be a stronger team than played the Barbarians. Yeah. yeah it's such a mixed squad, isn't it? I mean, it is. It certainly is a mixed squad. So saying like the, your best players mm, doesn't really stack up because it doesn't sound like they're there to do that. It sounds like they're there to blood youngsters. But I, I, there again, if you're doing that, why not give your senior lads, you know, the summer off? I don't really understand. I don't understand the, the squad composition. I have no idea what it's going. You know, how they're going to go. You've got to have. So if you just have the youngsters, there's no one to kind of push them and bring them through and challenge them and guide them. So I actually quite like the squad. It's it is is a mix of there's some very experienced players like Dylan Hartley, like George Ford, Danny Kerr, Mike Brown. Mm. There's a few guys who are well, Chris Robshaw, a few guys who are um they've got a handful of caps under the belt, but not a huge number. And then some real green kids who have only played a handful of premiership games, never mind international quality games. Now, the last time England were really successful 
and they put out this sort of team, I seem to remember, was is just before their World Cup win. And they had, do you remember the back-to-back games against France? Oh, just the warm-up games. Yeah. Yeah. So they had two back-to-back games. The England first team hammered the French second team. And they went over, I think, to Marseille. And it's like a, an English an English second team. And it to me, it felt like this sort of composition, which is like a few experienced lads, but mostly, um, like, but 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 mostly youngsters. And they played brilliantly. And I just wonder if because the overall there's a good overall feeling in the England squad, yeah, and there's higher higher, ex- higher expectations, whether that will ca- carry through to this more junior group of players. I'd hope so. I'd, I'd be optimistic. Uh, and I and as as Phil said, there's still you're still putting out a really 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 good team there's not many youngsters going to be in that not many untested players going to be in that cauldron yeah and you know what? i think that might be the key difference between this group of players and say say if you go back i don't know seven years ago when the replacements were absolutely garbage you can see quality throughout this entire squad now and even the guys who aren't the, you know the best all-rounders they're usually very good at one or two you know p- particular things <sighs> No, I thought even more than that. I think what you'll see is that in the starting 15, there'll only be a couple of positions where there's a guy that's not been a regular in the England squad for several years. Hmm. Or or at least, yeah, it'll be, yeah. you know, you're talking like halfbacks, Danny Kerr and George Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Chris well, Robshaw in the back row. With Nathan um, Hughes in the back row. With Nathan Hughes in the back row. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Dylan that's... Hartley in the front row. Uh, Genji. Genj, Joe Launch being the second row. It's just um Jamal Ford really... Robinson destined to make his start. <laughs> What's his uh, wrestling name again? Crisis. Crisis <laughs> making his start. Good on him. Um, so yeah, I, I actually think England are going to win. So the very interesting thing will be the Argentina side will be. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. 90%, maybe more than 90%, maybe entirely the Los Jaguares yep. team who have been monumentally disappointing this season. Every time I've watched them, they have just failed to live up to their promise. And it's, will they play like the Jags have played all season? Or will they play like the Jags play when they put on the white and blue Puma shirt and remember how to actually play yeah. test match level rugby? Exactly. I wouldn't say monumentally disappointing. I'm with you there, Phil. Even their discipline has improved. Uh, is that disappointing? Yeah, massively. <laughs> At least if you're going to go, like, if you're going to lose, you might as well Good do on it swinging. In, yeah, do it in some style. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say... Yeah, England. England, G- Give me, Give me England. Just, I'm England as well. Briefly, before we return to the Lions for our uh, pick of the week, um, I think we should mention the, the number of signings and the quality, in some cases, the signings that London Irish are making. Don't know any of them, so why don't you fill us in? So they have—they've just the latest ones were three names: uh, Manasseh Saulo, who joined from Toulon. Toulon, um, a tighter a prop. prop. Yeah, tighter prop. Uh, Tiafilo Paolo, who signs from Treviso, who's a lock. Mm-hmm. And and we now have to do a, a toilet fifteen. 
which Jake Schatz can be the captain. <laughs> oh, dear. He's a flanker who's played for Australia twice and is signing from the Rebels. Rebels. They've now signed 10 players since they got promotion, including Nalanga. And Nalang, uh, well, sorry, like Yannick Nyanga. The Fijian winger oh, yeah. Nalanga. Nalaga. Nalaga. From Leon. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Former, former Claremont, enormous. If you yeah, can, huge. if you can point point him in the right direction, he is monstrous. Yeah. They've also uh, obviously, as we told you back in like November, October, November, Petrus Duplessis. Yep. Uh, Italian f- uh, back Luke McLean. Oh, I'm not yeah, a bit, sure. That's a squad player. Uh, well, although Luke, f- fullback maybe. Uh, Aussie Luke hooker. I think he's quite Fain- a talented. Fainger. I think McLean is is a talented player. Do you? Yeah, yeah I do. I mean, well, the, he was. He had I an awful say, when time we saw him, when we saw him, he, he he was very good kicking the ball at the fans. Three hundred k to kick yeah. a ball high in the air for a drunk man to catch it, yeah. or not catch it, or not catch it in a raffle. Is yeah. it Anthony Fainger? Is he the hooker of the two uh, Fainger brothers? Saya Saya Fainger. There's, there's, there's four Fayingers. I was chatting oh, to to a, an Aussie from Queensland uh, on Saturday night in Geneva. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, there's, there's four brothers. Um, yeah, the, the twins. Say, say, oh yeah. So Saya Fayinga signed, and they've signed Gordon Reed, prop. They've signed Ben Meehan, scrum half. They've signed Lasha Lomidza, who's a Georgian uh, back row forward as well. I hope I'm wrong. I don't like it. Don't like it one bit. Not one of those names excites me. Um, they all feel like squad players. And actually, if you're going to do go down, down that route, just see what you've got in um, in the academy, or stick with the lads that got that uh, they got you there. Now you see, I quite I I like some of them a bit more than some of Bristol's signings. Some of them I'm a bit like, yeah, which squad one, players. Which but then, one? Then I which one do you I think is going to make the difference? The real difference. Well, I think they've, they're, they're signing in a couple of key areas. I think. So props, they're they're investing a bit of cash in props that are going to be available every week. And they they what have need? they what? have not got three quality tight head props in Franks, Franks, Petrus Duplessis, and Saulo. Uh, I don't know anything about Saulo to be fair. Uh, Fiji international and Tawan tight cool. head prop. So pretty he, good. He, not bad, not bad. Yeah, and so, it, he would probably be third choice as well. So as as your we got choice. loads of time before the season starts. We can get into all this. I just wanted to yeah. mention that they've been making loads of signings. Um, yeah, I'd be interested so to know what the Irish fans think. So find us on Twitter. Let us know. All right then, uh, pick of the week with LeoVegas.com. Wait there. It's never I, that I, easy, Tim. Oh well, I won't be able to hear anything when you play the music oh, no. anyway. So. There we go, our Leo Vegas music. So now, Tim, you you can crack on. Oh, hang so on. So what? There you go. <laughs> <Our> Le- <laughs> Never that easy, Leo- Tim. It's so hard when you're not here. <laughs> our Leo Vegas better of the week is... It's got to be Blues and Lions, right? Yeah. So we, I'm just trying to work out the logistics of this. Are we going to do a midweek Lions pod on... Thursday, or even Wednesday, prior when, to the Crusaders game. Yes, we are. Okay. So we're going to have a post-match reaction. How we're going to do it and who's going to be on it, we don't know yet. I think it's very unlikely that I'll be on it. Right, looks like me and Tim. So yes, yeah. that, that yeah. is what's going to happen. Um, so, right. so, Blues-Lions. 
Hmm. Well, let's let. Shall we merge this with with what's happening, bro? Okay. Uh, okay. So, I don't uh, need to. So, sorry. Hello, Tim. I'm here. Oh, hello. You're oh, back. something sounded very strange. And so, yeah. So, what I want to talk about on what's happening. I'm here. Hello. I'm here. Yeah, we got you. So, what I want to talk about this week on what's happening, bro, was actually the way that New Zealand play and the, oh. and the continuity throughout throughout the team. And I think this is absolutely critical because the Lions will not have any continuity. The, this is the first team that the first time this team has ever set foot on the field together. Yeah. So, hmm. Tell me, what is the Blues' form book like? Where where are they at in Super Rugby? So they are bottom of the New Zealand Championship. But as I pointed out last week, I think it was. But that's like the worst UFC fighter being in a bar fight, isn't it? Yeah. It is very much so because they were last week they were ten points clear of the top Australian team, and they also play in the, in obviously the most difficult conference because they play half their games against New Zealand teams. Yes. Um, so they are they are a very very handy team. Mm, I I think they're going to beat the Lions by twenty three points. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that w- that would be. Brutal. <laughs> well, how are they not? Um, I, I, <laughs> you, you may well be right. Um, the one thing I'll say about continuity, this team does at least have, the Lions team does at least have a fixed centre pairing in Henshaw and Payne. Yep. And a fixed halfback pairing in Bigger and Webb. Okay. So, yeah, yeah that will help. Yeah. Yeah, and they're playing. You know what? This is a Lions tour, though, isn't it? Like we're not we're not talking about anything that isn't relevant every four years. Yeah, it feels like no. it feels like a no. it feels like a slightly moot point. Wrong. In, the, this in bringing is, it up, I actually it's... think it's more relevant now. It's more relevant Why? than it's ever been because I think teams rely so much more on their training, the patterns of playing, their coaching, and being together far more than they ever used to. If you take rug- rugby union from the time it's actually gone from amateur to professional. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when you could just get a bunch of boys in the Barbarians and the best players won. No longer the case. It's about systems. It's about combinations. It's about playing well, together. Uh, well, uh, here's here's one thing. I th- I can't remember who it was that, that piped up about this. I can't, I, it all, I, I can't remember which person it was. But I think that's the case for British sides and Northern Hemisphere sides. I don't think that's the case for Southern Hemisphere sides in the way that you're describing. Even worse. Yeah. No, so so I know what you're saying, but actually, if there's a deeper point here, and maybe rather than, because this is the Lions every time they go down, but every time they go down to the Southern Hemisphere and play, but actually, I think what's starting to happen, and I think it is changing and will change, and with if we get coaches that that are a little bit more open-minded, then I think the whole mindset will change, and it's about getting players that play rugby head up. No. No, I, I, I don't see it. Um, I don't see it for a few reasons. Um, well, that, that's the, been the basis of New Zealand's play. Yeah, okay, so I, I think that's fair to a cer- certain extent. I, I can't see that taking hold in, in the Northern Hemisphere for a variety of reasons. But it's, a cult- it's a cultural thing. Um, I'd also like to point out, I'm just going to move this on slightly, I'd also like to point out, that these teams now and these players are conditioned to have a game once a week, I would say. And not only are they conditioned, 
to do it like physically. They're coaching, they're training. You know, they know on Monday that that, that that they have video study. They might do something else on Tuesday. They might do something else on Wednesday. It's all very, very regimented. Very rarely do they have you know a five day break. You, you hardly ever see a team, for instance, that go Sunday to Friday. Okay, so it's all very, very, very regimented. The other thing which is going to throw but the a, lines a lot off, of the guys right? will have a seven day break. Yes, Saturday to Saturday. Yeah, it's fine. Wednesday to Wednesday. Yeah, it's fine. Right, but the fact that they're gonna that they might have to start double. Um, doubling up on players. The fact that the coaching staff are not going to have that seven-day break in order to put in, you know, uh, new uh, uh, new systems or to review video. All that stuff is really important. How do you review the video from that Barbarians game and make the re- relevant adjustments and practice it and then put out a team for Wednesday? And then how on Wednesday do you go Thursday, yeah, Friday? Saturday? It's a big challenge. But what you're saying Huge. is what you're basically saying is d- don't bother. Who is? Who's saying that? Well, I don't know. What? What are you? What's your point? I don't, how is? How is any of this? Be, I don't understand. Because we're talking. The point all, that, because I don't understand the point. Because this was the same four years ago. We knew this a year ago. Yeah, we knew this a month ago. We knew it, this a week ago. Yep. Um, uh, yep. Completely agree on all that. I just think it is more important now than it's ever been because teams are more professional than, than they've ever been. So the more you pull them out of that that comfort zone, the the bigger the impact it's going to have. I, I think the more we can have players that play heads up play with instincts and have brilliant basic skills of handling um like you look at some of the passes new zealand would have walked in that try when hog did that balls up pass you wouldn't a guy like haskell i'm not he's his work rate is immense he would never get with anywhere near a new zealand national side because his basic skills are nowhere near good enough to play the game that they play. That That's actually, if there's a bigger point to make between now and the next four years, I think it's we need to move the game on in that side, not in terms of make it more meticulous and make the systems better and the condition. Hmm. Uh, maybe. Tim? Hello? Uh, yeah, he's gone. But actually... Talk about... Oh, he's back. Oh, he's gone again. Oh no, I'm here. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, no, you, sorry, you mate. You, you cut out for a second. No, I, I, I do get the point that there needs. What did you? What did? What? Sorry. What did you get? Where did? You, what did you get or not get? Uh, you, you reinforcing the point that uh, skills, base, base skills for the northern hemisphere sides need improving. Yeah, that would be the focus for the next four years for me. Not let's condition them so they can play two games a week. It's let. It's the reason why we say look at the depth in the New Zealand. On the island of New Zealand, with players playing in that match at the weekend, it's because it's part of the culture to just look up, play rugby, play with instincts, and have amazing basic skills. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that Barbarians game pretty much exactly sums up what you're describing. So, both of you. So, Tim. Well, I'm not getting confident vibes from either of yeah, you. Yeah, so Tim is saying they're going to get hammered because their basic skills aren't good enough. Yeah. I'm saying they're going to get hammered <laughs> because. They're all at sea in terms of combination. Their coaching staff won't have enough time to put in their systems, and it, this whole tour and the schedule is completely foreign to them. So, I well, we're kind of saying the same thing because yeah. I'm actually saying the reliance on quote unquote systems and all of that is because they don't, they they can't just play rugby with with like brains engaged. So you're into maths, Phil. Um, I guess the equation is whatever I'm saying times whatever Tim is saying. <laughs> We're pretty much saying the same thing, but coming at it from slightly different perspectives. Mm. So, 
I'm getting the vibe. Well, I'm definitely getting the vibe because you said they're going to lose by 23 points uh, from JB. But I'm getting the vibe that you're not particularly confident, Tim. So he's saying lose by five points. So five times 25. No, I minus 125 points. I think they. I think the Lions could could sneak a win. Um, I think they might go drop to a narrow defeat though. Yeah, I am. I'm not particularly confident. I think this is. It's not the strongest team that the Lions can put out, uh, and they are against a very strong blue side, albeit the weakest of the New Zealand teams. Uh, I just I'm optimistic that the Lions will win, but not they're not. It's not going to be a great victory. Uh, so I think probably similar to last time. Lions by five or six points. You're going Lions five or six points? Yeah. Madness. Blues, <laughs> 22 points. <laughs> I'd like to uh, round off this podcast with a really heartwarming rugby story. Okay. If that's all right with you. So uh, the the attacks that took place London Bridge in, uh, in London yeah. on Saturday night, there's the one story about the rugby player who got injured trying to take down the terrorists. He actually rugby tackled one of them. Yeah. And got uh, got a wound for his troubles. Uh, there has been a Just Giving page that was set up by some rugby union fans who wanted to raise £5,000 to send him to New Zealand to watch the, the Lions. Have they checked if and... he's available? Sorry? <laughs> Have they checked if he's available? <laughs> well, it's, it's a disaster that if he's, he's not. Assuming that he's up and about and fit enough to go, you might have I, a wedding I, or something. I gather that he's well. He's not. He's not in critical danger, thankfully, um, and so he may well be able to. He, he should be able to take this offer up. But they they it, they set it up for within thirty days to try and raise five thousand pounds. Raised it in a a day. Oh, there you go. Oh, so he's off to New Zealand. So it's still going. So if. Yeah, it's just quite a nice rugby community coming together um, and looking after one of their own, which I quite liked. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Excellent. Well, that's a nice way to round it off. Uh, so, great, great weekend of rugby. Lions, <laughs> Lions to get hammered. Anything else? I just, I just giggling that, that me, me and JB managed to have a like a bit of beef when we were saying the same thing. You were saying very similar things. <laughs> yeah. And I also, I also, I liked, agreed with you I, mostly. <laughs> yeah, and I also like that uh, JB doesn't say, I agree with you. He says, I don't disagree. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Little mind games. If there's no mind games with, with uh, Gats, there's mind games with JB. Exactly, exactly. Top work. Well uh, well done, chaps. So we'll reconvene on Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. Or Wednesday night, depending on what Phil's doing, because he's selfish. Uh, oh, what's Ooh. this? Oh. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it was going so well until then. Money, money, money. Right. Do you want to do some outro? Do, do something professional? No, that was good. Let's just leave it there. All right. Then. See you, boys. Thanks, in a bit. Thanks, JB.